Hi everybody, the episode that you're about to listen to has been available for about a week now. Of course, it's only available on patreon.com slash rundownwrestling, but yeah, why didn't, why haven't signed up yet? And why didn't you listen to this a week ago? I mean, I just got one thing to ask you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Shut the fuck up, cunt. What the fuck is wrong? Get your finger out my butter and just run along. It's your mom you need to cuddle from. You don't belong inside the dungeon that I'm coming from. Welcome everybody to another edition of a spot of NXT. I'm your host Troy. If you are listening to this in April, thank you for being a Patreon member. If you're listening to this any other month, go fuck yourself. Kindly. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Patreon.com slash rundownwrestling, and you could be listening to this as soon as I get off my lazy ass and do it. Let's get into this one. The April 21st episode of NXT UK. So I will go ahead and say, because I'm two episodes into this new run now, right? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Who the fuck is the UK Heritage Champion? Because last week, I had backstage stage segments with Alien Dragon Nuts and Mustache Mountain, and an in-ring segment with Menko Satomura. Here, in this episode, the tag team belts are on the line. There's another backstage segment with Ilya Dragunov. Where the fuck is the Heritage Cup champion? Now, I know it because Google tells me it's Noam Dar. But if I'm just coming in on these two episodes, I have no idea that there is another championship out there. That's not a good thing. We are back in the BT Sports studio, and Andy and Nigel welcome us to the show. Our opening contest is Sam Gradwell versus Kenny Williams. Oh yes, that's right. So, this is a back alley brawl. It's not really, but we'll get there. Now, I said last week that I really wanted this, since it is a back alley brawl and not an actual match, I really wanted both men to come out in jeans. Sam Gradwell arrives in regular pants. Kenny Williams arrives in 
Regular pants, perfect gents. This is exactly what I was looking for. Now, you guys played the part. The booking didn't. Okay, because this isn't a back alley brawl. This isn't a street fight. This is a no count out match where you have to pin your opponent in the ring. Now, back alley brawls probably shouldn't have pinning attempts anyways, but I, I get that. Here's the thing though, it's a back alley brawl. It only takes place in the ring and around the ring. They never leave this entire match. They never go and back. Like, one of the things that made, like, The Rock vs. McFoley so good was the fact that they went all over the fucking place. Like, this here, first of all, do it in a back alley. Second of all, don't make it that they have to go in the ring and pin each other. They literally say that. You have to pin your opponent in the ring. That's not a back alley brawl match, then. Alright? That's, at best, an Extreme Rules match. Because, you know, they can use weapons. They choose not to, for the most part, but they can use them. Anyways. Gradwell attacks Kenny as soon as he walks out. And as soon as he walks out, we are told by Andy, well, the bell hasn't rung yet because both men need to be in the ring for that. Why? Why wouldn't... Why wouldn't the match start as soon as they were both out there? It's a back alley brawl. That doesn't take place in a back alley. <sighs> so, Gradwell beats the shit out of Williams for a while. And Williams gets back into it. And they show a masked dude in the crowd. Now, I have no idea who this is. And as far as I could see on the internet, nobody knows who the fuck this is either. There is the potential that it could be Amir Jordan under a mask, but that was just like a, something I saw thrown out there. More on this a little bit. All right. So then uh, the bell rings because they're back in the ring. Gradwell hits a few punches to Williams, and then he chucks him outside the ring, and, yeah. He walks out there, and we were reminded again, the match isn't going to end out here, despite it being a back alley brawl. Then, Gradwell dumps trash on Williams, and then hits him in the back with a trash can. The ref starts counting. He starts counting them out. First of all, it's a no count out match. Second of all, you're counting, he just used a trash can on his opponent. Is there a is there a no DQ match that's not also no count out? That seems odd. Anyway, somebody in the back lets the, the ref know through the earpiece, hey moron, it's no count out. Knock it off. Learn the rules, idiot. That's all I'm saying. Williams makes eye contact with the masked dude again. This is quickly becoming more about this guy than it is about the, oh, I don't know, the feud going on in the match. 
Gradwell catches Williams off the top of the barricade, and Williams reverses and sends Gradwell into the post. Williams then crawls under the ring and grabs the weakest-ass fire extinguisher you can find and sprays it in the vicinity of Gradwell. Yes, because it couldn't reach him. Williams grabs a chair and nails Gradwell with it, then he places it on Sam's back and starts stomping on it. That's not going to do any more damage than just, like, normally stomping on him. Putting a chair in between you might actually soften the bolt a little bit, too. Depending on, you know, the tread of your shoes. Williams finds an empty toolbox. I feel like there was supposed to be something in there, but someone forgot. And Gradwell grabs him and drops him on the trash can. Andy tells us it's not even a false cut anywhere match, because you need to pin your opponent in the ring which is dumb as dicks, and Gradwell sets up a table, but Williams stops him and puts him back in the ring nicely. Williams grabs a chair and sets it up in the corner. Gradwell reverses and sends Williams into the chair. He gets a two out of this. Kenny hits Gradwell in the surgically repaired knee. I've always had an issue with that kind of dumb shit of like, Oh, he's got him in the surgically repaired knee. If it's surgically repaired, shouldn't it be better? Like, it's not still hurt. <laughs> Typically, if your surgeon is good, you don't then suddenly have to continue worrying about that. Now, obviously, that does happen, that you can re-injure something that you've had surgically repaired. But it's such a trope in wrestling to be like, oh, he had surgery on that, and now his opponent is... I'm gonna just wild out on it. Kenny keeps digging around his junk, and he takes off his belt. He misses Gradwell with it, and Sam then grabs the belt, and he whips Kenny with it. Kenny pulls Gradwell over the middle ropes, but Gradwell grabs Kenny and tries to suplex him to the outside through the table, but Williams prevents it. He springboard elbows Gradwell down to the floor. Williams goes up top, and again, the masked, I guess we'll call him a ninja, Luchador? I don't think he's Hispanic, so I don't think he actually qualifies as a Luchador. He's a dude in the mask. Gradwell grabs him off the top ropes and firements him through the table. Too bad it wasn't a tables match, because he would have won. Gradwell shoves him back in and wins. Yeah. Nigel, who is the heel announcer, mind you, says, You really got a feel for Kenny. Which, of course, Andy's like, are you talking about would feel for Kenny? Now, Kenny didn't do anything wrong in this match. He's a heel. It's a, it's a back alley brawl like both men use weapons. Nigel's actually right, because this masked dude distracted Kenny three different times. So the face won via distraction. <laughs> and Nigel has to... I, I mean, he doesn't try very hard not to make a lot of sense. It's more Andy has is the one who has to be like, but, but, Kenny's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I don't give a fuck about either of these two guys. They put on a perfectly acceptable match. That being said, the stipulation was dumb. And I, I know I'm coming in at the end of this feud, I don't know how much... I, I mean, you know, cutting the hair off and shit like that. Like, you did them a favor. But, yeah, um... I, I There was a natural progression to this, and, and it did make sense for it. The fact that we couldn't wait until the end of the match to have Kenny set up his new feud is a little odd, but whatever, it's Sam Gradwell, so fuck him. The masked man 
then chases Kenny outside the ring. Uh, so I do know that WWE trademarked the name Tiger Tehran, which, you know, is definitely a name you would expect a guy wearing a mask to be called. But, uh, again, I don't know if this is Amir Jordan, if this is some new guy that they signed that I just haven't heard about, or what it is, but I guess we'll have to wait on the next episode for that. We get a recap of Symbiosis First Wild versus Wild Boar in their feud. Apparently, Eddie Dennis hit Wild Boar with a chain, so Primate got a win over him. T-Bone and Dennis tried to continue the beatdown, but then Mark Andrews intervened, so that's what set this whole thing up. This would have been great information last week, but I'm sure, I mean, you know, they're expecting people to actually know what the fuck they're watching and have watched more than the last two episodes. So that's why Wild Boar and Mark Andrews are together. Why Why Mark Andrews is not with Flashmore and Webster? Still don't know. I'm going to assume he's hurt, because I haven't seen him anywhere. And uh, I'm not going to do any more research than that. Eddie said he promises a Primate and T-Bone versus Andrews and Wild Boar match. And then after that match, he plans to have a dog collar match with Wild Boar. Okay. Sure. It's a, it's a logical place to go in the feud. Uh, Eddie's got, you know, two heaters, and Andrews evens the odds. So you get a match out of it, and then you go to the singles feud, Eddie versus Wild Boar. Do I care about Eddie versus Wild Boar? Not really. But, yeah, it is what it is. And it's a dog collar match, which is also not something I'm incredibly excited about but it's something it's at least something our next match is stevie turner versus amelia mckenzie so we're doing this already okay one week build that's fine we'll 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 just go ahead and do it i thought it was going to be a bigger feud but uh, apparently not stevie turner arrives stevie turner Turner's. She does a sexy little dance in the ring. I'm look, I'm trying. I'm really trying hard not to uh, be like super sexual towards the women. I want to give them a fair shake uh, and not just on my penis. But when the women come out, I'll then proceed to do like a fucking hip swivel and thrust their cooch in the air. I'm gonna just call it like I sees it, man. Okay, I'm sorry. Amelia takes a boxing stance, uh, but then they tie up instead, so I guess she's not much of a striker. Stevie stomps on Amelia's foot, then hits a running shoulder block. Mackenzie hits a beautiful dropkick, and then Mackenzie eats a big boot and kicks out of two. Turner hits some kicks and then won't let Amelia go, and then she blasts a running boot. Turner gets into chin lock, but Mackenzie powers out and hits a few running clotheslines. She reverse suplexes Turner for two. Turner then hits a Uranagi for two. Turner goes for a neckbreaker, but Amelia suplexes her and then spears her for the win. That match was quick. Effective in building up Mackenzie, but very quick. And I feel like both of these women have a lot of talent and potential. They're both very young. Uh, Amelia Mackenzie is, is certainly the one that they're looking at more towards whereas uh 
you know, Stevie Turner, I feel, has a little bit more of a polished look to her than Amelia does. And if you're going to do things like take a boxing stance, then your moveset should sort of go with that, you know? Like, is she an MMA chick? Is she a boxer? Like, is she just, like, a, a striker? Because once they hit the lockup, she pretty much just did, like, normal wrestling moves. You know, suplexes. Like I said, her, she speared her for the win. You know, it wasn't, like, a submission thing. It wasn't, a, like, a knockout hit or anything like that. So I, I feel like there's a little bit more molding to do with Amelia before she becomes a complete package. But uh, Turner, I, I liked I didn't get to see enough of her. She definitely has a, a a good presence about her. Her promo last week was not incredibly long, but it was effective, and it, and it felt meaningful. So, um, this match was uh, okay, but like I said, I kind of wanted more. I was hoping that these two were going to be kind of a longer feud, and like Amelia already got the win. So, what do you need to do after that? You know, Isla Dawn asks Mako about what happens when she snaps out her light. She says once they are done, she'll be the new women's champion, and Dawn will not break. And it is going to be decided in a World of Darkness match? I'm sorry? Does that mean that if Isla Dawn wins or loses, like they're going to get sent to the Shadow Realm? Is that what we're talking about here? I, I don't know what the match is, but a color be intrigued. We then see that Lash legend, Damon Kemp, who is the former Bobby Stevenson, brother of Gable, Von Wagner, and Ivy Neal are heading to England for the next round of tapings. I mean, it's not... They're not they don't say that they're there for the next round of tapings. They say that they're there for the next couple of NXT UK but we all know that they, they tape them like three or four in a row. So, of the those people, only one of them are a face, right? Von Wagner and Ivy Neal are definitely heel. Lash Legend, uh, I guess Lash Legend is kind of a face. She's just unlikable. Uh, but the, for sure, those two are faces, so them signing autographs for everyone makes sense, and that's what they show. They show... These two are signing autographs. They also show that Ivy Neal is, like, bouncing around signing autographs. And it's like, that's kind of against your character a bit. And I understand that Roddy, when he came over to NXT UK, he was sort of a face. But, like, you're you're not a, a good guy. Vaughn Wagner seems to remember the assignment as he refuses to sign autographs of the clearly planted fans. But for some reason, Saxon Huxley is there. I don't know who the fuck invited him, but he's there. Uh, and he is more than happy to sign autographs. Now, I am not too familiar with Saxon Huxley. Uh, as far as I can tell, he's the British Eugene. But, yeah. <laughs> Wagner then shoulder chucks him. And uh, walks away. Now... Saxon calls him Big Stupid Man, which I guess is like the 
you know, pot calling the kettle black a bit. But sure, he's a big stupid man. So I guess we know who Von Wagner is going to be in next week, two weeks from now, some point in time in the future. Zaya Brookside and Eliza Alexander are excited. Zaya says she will be in action next week and that somebody is getting battered. Which is apparently Eliza Alexander's catchphrase. When Zaya Brookside says it, it seems more like it's a, a waitress at a bar being like, Oh, you're going to get the battered fish? Someone's getting battered. Like, I, look, I like Zaya Brookside. But she is not a natural heel. She is far too bubbly. And I, I I guess if they lean more into that and make her more annoying, that'll work. But, yeah. Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin is announced for three, week, three weeks from now in the 200th episode of NXT UK. Cool. Devlin and Dragunov will have a contract signing next week. Great. Could have gone without doing that one. Maybe I can convince Adam to come back and just do that segment, other than do everything else because I hate contract signings. We get to our main event, which is going to take the rest of the episode because it is a two out of three falls match for the tag team belts. Smith and Carter versus Mustache Mountain. Number one, Smith and Carter. You couldn't come up with a name? Nothing? No? Alright. Carter and Smith out first, and they have matching gear, which is white and teal. And I appreciate it. Ashen with the trunks, Carter with the pants. Mustache Mountain arrive next, and of course they also have matching gear. And they also match the fact that neither of them wear knee pads, which is, uh, gross. I know it's shocking, it's NXT UK, but this match starts off with dueling chants. Big Strong Boy, Tyler Bate, starts off with Ashton Smith. Bate drops him with an arm lock, and Andy tells us the rules of a tag team match. Look, brother, this isn't a Heritage Cup match, okay? We, we know the rules of a normal match. He tells us apparently two men are in the ring until they are tagged out. Then the other guy comes in. Thanks, Andy. Bate gets out on a domino stretch, and Smith arm drags him, and then they exchange two counts. Bate back to wrist control, and he takes in seven. Mustache Mountain set up a double team, but Smith rolls out, uh, rolls up seven before they can finish the moonsault. Carter tags in and starts working over the arm, and then Carter gets cross-bodied, and then scoop slammed, and seven drops a leg drop for two. Bate tags in and leaps over seven for a splash. He catches the leg on Seven's back, but he still hit the move, so look like it was okay. Then we get some AEW indie-rific shit as Seven and Bate try to suplex Carter, but Smith pulls him down. Then they go for double drop kicks, but both get knocked out of the way. And Mustache Mountain both go for sentons, but miss. Smith and Carter then hit double drop kicks to knock them out of the ring. <sighs> I'll let it. I'll let it slide. It's just once, though. Just this once. Carter and Bate score off, and Bate misses a dropkick. Smith grabs Bate off the tag and drops him on Carter's boots. Bate tags in seven, and he hits some elbows, but Smith gets his foot on the ropes. 
I guess it's kind of a callback to the last time that they lost, but not really. Oliver gets the tag and double drop kicks Mustache Mountain. He hits a forearm, then a clothesline, and hits a spinning kick on Seven, uh, who had just gotten back in the ring. Carter hits a release German for two. Seven tags in and hits an assisted power bomb for two. Smith tosses off bait, then tags in Carter. They run a train on Seven, more double teaming of them, and Oliver moonsaults off of Smith. Smith gets the first fall of the match. Carter tags in and gets a series of two counts. Smith tags in and Seven is off his tits. He hits the mat and Smith picks him up for a slam. Carter tags in and flips off the back of Smith for two. He doesn't flip him off, he like flips off of him. Seven fights off and then power bombs Carter before he collapses on the mat. Seven misses an enziguri when trying to go for the tag and Carter hits bait off the apron. Smith tags in and reverse powerbomb seven for two. Seven hits a surprise EDT and hot tags in bait. Master Bait gets in and unleashes on Oliver and Smith. Bait gets a knee up and then T-Bone suplexes Carter. He hits a standing moonsault, but only for two. Bait goes for the Tyler driver, but Carter gets out and tags out. Bait hits a double kick and takes Seven back in. He He's just dead. Why are you taking him back in? They proceed to hit dual Tyler drivers, but Smith kicks out. So much for protecting that move. Bait back in and he hits an assisted clothesline for the three. So it is all tied up. Why didn't you just have the fall happen on the dual Tyler drivers? Like, oh, he, he just hit a clothesline. Bait misses a kick to Carter and Seven takes in. They go for the finish again, but Carter pulls the ropes down to send Tyler to the outside. Smith gets a two count on Seven and tags in Carter. They go for the finish, but Bait pulls Seven out. Carter instead moonsaults onto both men on the outside. They put Seven back in and Smith hits a top rope kick. Carter goes for the pin, but Bait saves the match. Carter hits a 450 off Smith, but Seven gets the knees up. Smith and Seven both hit each other on accident. Not on accident, sorry. Uh, both hit each other. Smith gets a near fall, Bate hits an assisted burning hammer, and then Carter saves the match. Seven gets thrown into Bate, and Smith gets a near fall. Super kick to Seven, and Smith gets dumped outside. Seven then rolls up Carter and puts his feet on the ropes, and Mustache Mountain retain. Tyler seems upset about Seven cheating to win, so it looks like they will probably go with the Seven heel turn on Bait at some point in the near future. And that is that. It's the end of the episode. It was, of course, a really good match. Mustache Mountain continued to be really, really sound in the ring. Uh, it's still incredibly clear that Tyler Bait is the better of the two, but Seven plays his role. Smith and Carter are exactly what you would expect out of, you know, the uh, two young, super athletic, you know, very talented guys. I guess there needs to be a little bit more character development with them, right on that. But the couple of promos that I've seen from them have been just fine. But just fine's not enough, you know? 
Um, Mustache Mountain, of course, is great, but it's pretty clear that we're seeing the end of them here soon. Unless they full-on swerve us and, and go with them just doing a complete heel turn with each other, the fact that you had Bait kind of talking to him afterwards and being like, yo, dude, we were doing fine. Like, you didn't have to do that. It is interesting. And obviously they've had this very long title reign. If it happens to be Smith and Carter, you know, taking the belts off of them, this will be their third attempt at it if if they have another rematch. Now, at least now both times, obviously, they have they have lost by cheating. So you can understand that but like do we we need to see like we've already seen four falls because it's a two out of three falls match and they already had one match previous like do we need to see them again just to get smith and carter over like i felt like this would have been the place to do it but i don't know i guess i guess we'll have to see if they're going to continue with this or if they're going to spin off with something else uh but that is it for this episode of NXT UK. It was a it was a decent show. It, they're sort of in a, in a position right now where they don't have a NXT UK takeover event or anything like that to build to. So any kind of title changes are going to happen on the regular show, which you know is pretty close to par for the course for them. Um, but. Again, uh, I, as I spoke about in the beginning of the episode, like Noam Dar needs to show up next week because otherwise I'm going to start getting worried that he's missing <laughs> or that he's like absconded with the Heritage Cup. Not that the Heritage Cup is a particularly great title because it's literally a gigantic fucking trophy, but it's at least something that they're fighting for. So uh, I have not seen a Heritage Cup match yet which is something that I know uh, Adam is not a great fan, uh, fan of, so I'm interested to see it. But thank you again for listening, and I will be back again on the next one. Until then, bye-bye! <laughs>